Tilecast. News, features and analysis brought to you by Diary of a Tile Addict. Okay, so this is Joe Simpson for Tile Edict. Hannah and I have just flown in from Sevis Armour and we're going to share what we've made of the show and uh, the best products we saw there. So take it away, Han. What did you make of the show in general? Exhausting, um, but I guess that's to be expected. I've not been to one in three years. You kind of can forget quite how much there is to see and do. Yeah, which is true, even though there was probably half the number of tile companies that were there in a big year it actually didn't seem to probably made the experience better if anything i thought what about the some of the new features they had there like the chevis armor trend sort of area or the did that work for you i'm not sure i quite understood that area i did go and have a peek around maybe it was too late in the day for me to figure out what was happening there were also a lot of people there so it was quite hard to get your bearings and see what they were trying to highlight but for me no I like to go and find my own trends and see what I can see a lot of and what I think is interesting so for me not not that useful but uh, yeah I mean I've thought the same thing I mean it was a really good show if you were after highly decorated beautifully glazed small format tiles if you went there looking for what's new in 20 millimeter external tiling or large slabs you could make bathroom worktops out of or even just large format concrete effect tiles there you were going to be a bit disappointed oh yeah there's definitely not enough space for anything very big in the small corner of the show yeah but that being said i thought there were some really cool innovations there so okay if if i had to put you on the spot and say name your five favorite tiles what would you come up with um an obvious one that we spoke about at the show would have been either Arco or Kyoto from Natusa. I think I lean more towards Arco, to be honest. I quite like the the thicker ones with the, the skinnier ones, that, that mix. I like the shape. It was a very appealing collection for me. I think one of the first ones that drew my eye was, I think it was called Kint in Sartori. It was the 3D bricks, the quite intricate inner design. I really like them. They photographed quite nicely as well. Um, and also Handmade, I think it was called Handmade or Cross Handmade on the Sartoria stand, which had kind of one corner raised on each with a lot yeah, of I know earthy, the shape. It's quite difficult mat. to describe yeah. it because it's asymmetric yeah. three-dimensionality, yeah. which is I, all... I don't know quite why I was drawn to it, but I, I did I did quite like that range. I just wanted to stare at it for a little bit. And then for the colours, I think, the Harlem range from Decosa, they were very all youthful, but kind of vintage, retro kind of colours, kind of these orangey yellows, this muted pink colour. Do you know? Yeah, I know, I know what that you mean, one? yeah. I quite enjoyed that range. And then um, pretty much everything on the tone light stand, the little baby metros and all of the colours 
because they had the. I mean, it's, it, it is it nearly always is a sort of ceramic sweet shop. I think the Turner Light stand. You want to pick a, pick them all up and take them home with you. Yeah. Um, and there, actually, I found a few stands like that. I really like the Antigua stand. Had a lot of beautiful little things. That was part of that Chevisama trends bit. Savika, who were very good at it. I yeah, we were, you said Decose already, but I thought very clever. They just had those three panels, which went colours, shapes, pattern. And it just basically told you the entire company's ethos in three panels, beautifully done, very nicely curated. Yeah, they're just endlessly, just effortlessly kind of stylish. That company, very yeah, good. There were some stands that definitely they had a really small footprint, but they filled up a significant number of lines in my notebook and pictures on my camera reel, just trying to gather all of it. And... Yeah, I thought that was kind of a trend. Big wasn't better at the mm. show. A lot of the best stands were really not much bigger than you know two dining tables put yeah. together if they had to go for a big one i would say vives i thought yeah. that was just beautifully put together yeah um, I, I that mean, entrance yeah way you couldn't those ignore the the striking lava metros, two colors yeah. curves mm-hmm. just beautifully done uh aparici i thought their stand was beautiful but then they are always beautiful and you'd say the same about uh, peronda i thought i like the, the way they create the rooms then you went into the one with all the francesca cigara stuff and it was like being in a little sort of gentleman's nightclub yeah yeah the ones that have the tiles in situ make it a much more dynamic experience. It's, it's sad when there are lots of really good tiles, but you can't quite get a good picture. And I know I need the pictures to, to share with everybody. And I can't quite get a picture that does the tiles justice. But when they're set out like that, it's significantly easier. So what about one of our favourite factors at Codice 95? Do you spend much time there? I did. I, I beelined there, basically, with Dan. I, was, I said, we need to go over there. They always have really good stuff. And they had a lot of colour. It was the on the floor, the purpley blue and yellow kind of swirly. They seemed so different from the rest, but they drew me in immediately. That was well, a lot of I fun. I like the, the black Gaudi, the one wall which just had the black Gaudi three-dimensional tile on it with the, the sort of satin and gloss combined on the same thing. I thought that was absolutely beautiful. But they had, they had a lot of the ranges we've been writing about recently there. It was quite nice to actually see big displays of them rather than just little samples yeah and same with Savika I mean I know what they do but it's still very nice to see it in the flesh I thought Main Zoo I thought that was a nice stand that had some interesting patterns and textures what were your top tiles um, my I... top, well, the I think the the most innovative tile there was Monopole's take on the hexagonal tile. So a hexagonal tile with picket tiles attached to it, pre-grouted that you can sort of, you want to say, click together, but you could seamlessly put them together. Yeah, it looks like they patterns. should click together. <laughs> and I've never seen anything like that. I mean, they obviously are saying it's patented, and you know, <laughs> good luck with that. But that was a really interesting tile. I would also Natusair. My favourite tile would be Kyoto. I think the reactive glazes on that three-dimensional body is just beautiful. And I was—I tried really hard to find a, a large format tile that I liked, and I actually ended up with Simpolo, the Spectra range, which had some, I think it was 12 different colours, all named after foods, which was quite funny. So you had sort of chilli through to cheese and mushroom and berry and mint, just a sort of large mat but put all the 12 together yeah I thought that was an impressive range and then I was thinking where where were the great Italian tiles at the show and obviously apart from Tonalite I was thinking there weren't really any big ones apart from 
don't know, Unicom Starker. And then you kind of think, right, okay, well, that makes sense because they're a trading company, not a manufacturing company, and they probably, you know, have to do it. But there were, there were, there was an absence, wasn't there, of brands from, big brands from Italy, Turkey. So it was very much a, a Spanish show with a smattering of Indian uh, Portuguese factories. Yeah, um, I was looking at the last posts from Servisama 2020 and a lot of the companies that I mentioned in those blog posts, I don't think I saw them on the, the map at all. So mm. I guess they weren't there. And I didn't quite realise I didn't do a huge amount of preparation before I went. Otherwise, I would have noticed beforehand that they were missing. But I yeah, don't know. I, I adopted a fairly kind of, well, you can only see what, who's here and I'm not going to miss the people that aren't approached. And actually, there was a lot, so much that was interesting that was there. You know, you didn't miss the others. And talking to the people who were, who were on big buying missions there, they thought they'd just be done in, in a day. And, you know, three days in, they were still finding more things to buy, more things, people to talk to. And we're saying, actually, this has been a really good show. And it felt busy. And, there were, there were, yeah. and if you went to the areas which were well curated, it was very busy. I mean, there were some sad bits upstairs, but the level two was fine, I thought. That was good. I mean, they, yeah, some of the stands were a bit gapped and spacey, and they weren't big, impressive stands. But frankly, I don't really like big, impressive stands. I'd rather have a small stand with five good products on it than a massive stand with five good products and 150 you've seen before. Yeah. So it worked for me. I liked the other one. You say, what tiles I like? The Nanda stand. Well, I like pretty well everything <laughs> on that stand. But the, the, the Juliet and Marlowe ranges, which they are making, and the Giardino, Giardino one that they aren't, I thought, were, were, which is just a prototype. I thought they were lovely, tiny, nice little hexagons with simple green chevron designs. I thought they were grand. I, I, I liked the... Arpe stand. Uh, the other one I would pull out was the Brutalist Brick from the Amardis range. I thought that was lovely, beautiful colours, unusual, very thin design, yeah. um, very textural, very dramatic, and you could do so much with it. You know, I'd, I'd like to see it in a big room. Yeah, it was a shame there was only the one wall, I think it was, at the front or back of the stand, depending on what, where you're coming in, yeah. the one wall where you could see it. Uh, where, where you're talking about a stand where a wall isn't was pretty small anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was a tiny stand with some great tiles. Yeah, and very very enthusiastic staff who were yeah. just just nice to interact with. Yeah, Not that they aren't normally at these shows, but they were partic they, particularly nice it, there. I it thought. can be hard to find the right person on these stands, but I think being such a minuscule space, it was a, almost a one-in, one-out situation. So you got <laughs> a bit of like a, yeah, a yeah. personal interaction. They probably got highly fed up with me because I was there for quite a while. So I think I photographed every tile on the stand. <laughs> I think uh, I did and to try to get a distance away from them to take a photograph, basically you had to empty the stand in order to do it but they were very tolerant of me and I thought yes they were lovely and it's not really a company that I've paid much attention to in the past and uh, and probably if I was if I was buying tiles that may well have been and I could only buy one I probably would have bought that because I, I think it's uh, it's beautiful and unusual so yeah no it was it was it was good from that point of view it wasn't a, a whole buy tile buying experience although you know, the tools bit was surprisingly good and there was a, you know, a lot of good um, leveling systems and pedestal systems and large format saws and tile slab handling systems and adhesives and all that kind of stuff but uh, the integration of the bathrooms and stuff was a bit random yeah I thought that the last time I think I've been to Zevasama twice before and it does just seem a bit confused I just rule it out I assume there's nothing there for me and there's too much yeah. else well, to see for certainly if you're I think a UK person a different audience and that was largely from what I could gather a tile audience and their interest in taps is probably minimal but hey ho you know 
it's probably better than just having an empty stand there. And I actually quite like, I do always wander around it to see how they're using tiles alongside the, the sanitary ware. And I have to say, there were a few good examples of that there. But You could have um, used the space to put caravan in there and <laughs> make them something people, somewhere people can find. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who haven't been to the show, you know, the old books, Where's Wally? Well, the, this show, it could have been Where's Caravan? Because it was marked on the map. But if you tried to follow the map to get to the caravan stand, you were going to be sadly disappointed because I think topographically it might have been where it was on the map, but you couldn't walk there because there were walls and building work in the way. You had to go right out of the exhibition and do it. But amazingly, when you found it, there were people there, weren't there? Yeah, there were quite a few people there. I was, I was surprised. It just felt very wrong. You walk out of the exhibition centre and there's people milling about and then you just have to go down a deserted road for a bit and then you see a sign that I think is essentially caravan this way finally okay great that's we're on the right track but before that you're just walking down blind thinking this isn't right dan actually turned back he was like nope i don't think that you're correct as like, i'm gonna <laughs> i've got to look uh carry on that i i started searching for this stand several times and all i found wherever i went were crowds of spanish people outside the showroom smoking and no sign of this stand and i gave up eventually and then i went and spent a lot of time in the tile of spain they had a room a booth there which was uh, where i was holding most of my meetings and there was a constant stream of people coming and going where's where's the caravan stand in various different languages <laughs> and fantastically nobody there actually knew how to answer the question because it was it was very difficult to describe it and most people would have lost the will so I mean yeah. I, I hope it all worked out for caravan but uh, I never got to see them okay next thing colour colour trends I struggled a little bit with the colour trends I think if I had been focusing on that rather than manically running around trying to see everything um, get all my pictures try and figure out what I want to write about I might have been a little bit better at it I think the best I can do is say one the the bluish green color that you mentioned as soon as you said that it was I was noticing it everywhere it was simply everywhere and kind of in the same style as well that kind of dappledy mixed I don't know how to describe it but a similar style this bluey greeny teal color that was everywhere baby pink I think was everywhere and then just interesting colors which is probably quite a lame way to describe it but just interesting colors interesting purples, interesting oranges, interesting pinks, interesting whatever. Not necessarily the same types, but for example, on the tone light stand, they had a, a variety of colours that I don't think are that common in mm. the tile world. The same as the Harlem range. I think they're all quite unusual colours. That's really the best I could do in terms of colour trends. I like the, the thing I kind of noticed, apart from this, and I, I probably ought to say a bit more about this green. I mean, it's, it's a blue-green, but it is not. A lot of people were calling it aqua, but it was not aquamarine, and it was wasn't turquoise it was much more soft and muted it was a, a green with a little bit of blue in it and a little bit of gray and it was like a kind of a quite a assertive pastel is the best i use it but it was running through marbles as well as plain tiles and in patterns but the highlight colors are quite a lot of royal blue quite an intent intense blue i saw a lot of that didn't see much of the burnt orange that we, we've come to see in no, the shows of late. Just the terracotta, but that's pretty standard. But what I did think interesting, there were several stands where they probably selected 10 colours and every tile range featured those 10 colours or a selection of those 10 colours so that you could basically put all tiles together, different formats, different sizes, different shapes, and they'd all work equally well together. So that was quite good. I think in a future podcast, I'm going to do a bit more on the colour. I've started creating a list of the ones 
ones that they were using in Spain at this show and trying to work out whether any if you just get, showed people the list in, without a tile or a coloured code attached to it whether anybody would know what you're talking about <laughs> and I kind of worked out I reckon about 50% of them wouldn't mean anything to anybody and probably 25 percent of the other ones they would give you if you'd ask somebody what colour is Bada they wouldn't come up with the colour that it was attached to it so I, I, it's something I will re- return to as you know I'm a bit obsessed with it but I do think you know it's not just how you name colours but can you get anything from the names so I landed on for the greeny colour sea moss and I did then google it just to double check that I hadn't completely miscalculated and at least some people seem to agree that it's sea moss so I think I'm going with sea moss because I think that sounds really nice <laughs> so that's S-E-A-M-O-S-S yes right okay. and, and it could be moss from the sea or it could be right, sea like okay. moss <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm just trying to think of the last time I saw moss on the sea and um, I'm struggling yeah but hey ho Art Deco still there isn't it a bit I I can't recall the name now there were some black and gold tiles I think one of them was a bit feathery there was a range of three and then a few arches and stuff I think it's definitely not as prominent as it was in 2020 where it was everywhere everybody had something that was Art Deco 20s inspired I thought a lot of it where it came out was when they wanted to put some metallic embellishment on a mm. tile it tended to be oh an Art Deco shape or you know those kind of traditional sort of curves and straight lines I mean obviously the, the kind of leaders in the way are Aparici I mean they got Art Deco down pat but there were other people doing it as well but the whole, what do you think about the metallic how's that co- where's that heading did you like the kind of metallics that were at the show I'm not sure about it but I did see two I saw two that I like there was one that was almost a similar shape to Kyoto but it was a kind of a gun smoke metal dark but reflective I thought that was interesting and it had the ridges like in Kyoto um, mm-hmm. but I think it was a much bigger format and then I think it was a gold crackle decor amongst a range of Zelig style tiles and I think there was a picket style and some other versions as well but I quite liked those two I don't know that it's really my style but I like looking at them what about the the star and cross combo I, I love star and cross yeah, I, but I, it, suddenly there were a lot of it it was it was like one or two stands and now there's lots of people got it I'm fascinated to know whether they're all making the biscuit or whether they're all buying it from the same place because yeah. the proportions of the star and the cross are so similar now I'm kind of feeling they're either really ripping each other off or one person's making all the biscuit Yeah, but I, I love it and it was interesting I watched a couple of American buyers who'd obviously never seen it before and they, really? were, they were really excited by it and I thought oh that's that's interesting because I wasn't sure it was going to be to American taste I, um, I can think of at least two American companies that sell star and cross tiles that yeah, have it, it quite may, prominent it may there. be which part of America you come from but this they accent they might both be in California yeah. so <laughs> what about thin rectangular tiles they were a bit of a thing weren't they and they seem to be thin thin and very thin it was super long I think they just oh so you saw the length I saw the thinness but yeah it's the same so, effect yeah it? well it was because I would then compare it with the elongated metro and if it's then twice as long as that to me that's just yeah. very long fair, fair <laughs> point I, I, it was just interesting that how many there were around I mean I guess because we, we've we've always zoned in on companies like Tonalite that have specialised in this area and they still do but it, you know you were seeing quite a lot of other examples but quite often on a bumpy biscuit with a reactive glaze so you get a lot of character it's not just about the shape isn't it it's also about the, the surface finish and I, I, I really like I think you get a lot of tile in quite a small space with those yeah although I, I'm not sure I guess it would add a lot of height but I can't imagine it being stacked too high as in two yeah, tiles yeah. I think that that in a smaller space I think that might be a bit much but one long seamless row yeah. I, think I mean, that would be quite cool yeah we, 
it was quite strange to actually see them being used on horizontal banding because I've kind of used to that stuff all being shown in vertical banding of late and it kind of worked yes. but I didn't see and maybe it was just I was looking in the wrong places but a lot of chevrons no. but I think that maybe because there weren't the big tile experts there so you, you know you didn't see those kind of shapes and it was essentially this was a it was a wall tile show with a bit of few floor tiles in it wasn't it I, mean, mm. I think so there was the one um, but there was the koi tiles that were on the floor so I would uh, put them in a for, for, I think for they the were... people who aren't be able to see this blank expression on my face I don't know <laughs> what Han's referring to I here. think I think they were on at Vivas yeah. and they were because I was when you say looking, koi like the carp yeah right. they were fish on the floor because I was looking you know for the wallpaper trend looking around and then on the floor there's it was bright pink and green and some orange obviously I thought that was fun uh, that's going straight into curiosities I really enjoyed that yeah, okay well I'll you just, just step I, straight over it there's, there's a good reason for me to look at Dari Vitale in the coming <laughs> weeks because I, I think I missed that one but it, it was very busy when I went on the Viva stand so curiosities well there are a few like, quirky ones the newspaper decor tile where was that uh, Aparici yeah. did you see these ones and there's the did, graffiti did, one as those. well yes mine was the the cartoon figures on the Coda 95 table with the, mm. all the heads joined together yeah, the, on a continual line that was pretty weird yeah um, and Oh My Doll those ones yes. as well yeah. yeah they were fun there mm. were certainly some I mean I caught a reference or two to Banksy around the show uh, I don't know if that was you know that sort of vague graffiti kind of look just uh, urban art style well it was urban art style but it was definitely through a Banksy prism I thought <laughs> yeah no there is they, they do get the urban art thing sort of edgy ones is still around and also wabby sabby kind of both in name and in delivery and then one there. I know you didn't see because you didn't get to Pavilion 6 where the I think they were called Boulevard Ice or Ice Decor which were little glittery beads in a I think there was a bluish one and a pinkish one. The pinkish one looked even more snakeskin, but they were kind of a spotty snakeskin 3D. Really hard to take a good picture of them to do them justice. So I have so many close-ups and videos where I'm, I'm just trying to show what what it is that... So this was a Caraben group product? I think this was Ibero, but they were fun. Um, I think they might have been one of the more interesting things if you made it out into the sticks of the show. Yes, this is the one you, you showed me on your mobile phone yeah. and it has a sort of moiré effect as you yeah. Yeah, it's, it it's so hard to made me feel slightly nauseous because if I just showed you a picture of it from far away and you could see a few of the panels you'd just think well I don't understand what's interesting about it so I needed to have a little video where I went in close and then zoomed out a bit they were fun yeah I mean I suppose the other thing for me was the international press conference which you know it was interesting I thought because they asked the president Asa will the show be running next year and normally in this thing they you get the kind of PR answer but you know he was he was pretty honest about it and said it wasn't up to him but basically he wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't run again next year and then I got to talk to a whole load of the UK distributors who'd come over and also they were having a special lunch for them on, on the Wednesday and they were of one voice saying the reason they were there was to show their support because they don't want it to go away they think it's you know, a vital date in the tiling calendar and they'd be very sorry to see it shut down and I have to say having just spent three very enjoyable and educational and, and entertaining days there I, I'd be immensely sad to see it go. It has a very different character and appeal to Bologna or Coverings or Revishti or any of the other big shows that I go to. And that was despite the fact that it was held in near freezing conditions in a very, very cold and sort of unusually cold 
in Spain. It was a, yeah, still had a lot to offer the visitor, I thought. Why would they not be think about not running it again? Well, because the, some of the big groups, uh, particularly Pamesa, haven't supported it this year, and they represent a big chunk of the business. And obviously, some of the other big brands have never really done it. But they, it was those companies you're saying on the list that we wrote about last year who weren't there. It's those people, those names, and for various different reasons. Obviously, partly the the clay shortages um, caused by the war in Ukraine, but primarily the huge hike in energy prices have caused a lot of pain to the uh, the Spanish industry. They, they came up with the figures of how many people have been made redundant or put on furlough and still were. And they, they reckon the figures that came out of the press conference were a thousand people who have been laid off and 12,000 who were on furlough. And I think, I'm fairly sure the last time I looked at the statistics from there, the total employment of the Spanish tunnel industry was around 26,000. So if half of them are are currently being laid off, it must be pretty dire. And um, so I guess that's the reason. Um, So do you think it would be a bit more of a pausing the show situation rather than it's not happening again? I think if if there were no other factors involved, if there wasn't um, a sort of the trade in fighting between Italy and, and Spain and everybody could just put on their sensible hat rather than their nationalistic hat or their self-interested hat, the logical thing to do would be to run Sevisama one year and Chersai the next. Yeah. Chersai wouldn't let that happen because they, they proudly preserve their status as being as the world's great, greatest tile show. And they've got enough competition with coverings, which doesn't attract anything like the same audience, but is a wonderfully well-organised show. Or, you know, Revishtir, which is still, you know, if you want to see the South American manufacturers is the big biggest show in the world and it's going to get increasing competition from china the chinese show the indian show which happens just before service last year and unicera the turkish show which actually is in i think i could be wrong in this but i think in vol in size is bigger than any of them but it is primarily in turkey for turkish companies and attracts turkish visitors but absolutely massive so I don't think it would ha- it'll happen. I think they've got two ways. They could either make it very much a... They could lower the cost of exhibiting it, do it in a scaled-down Sierra Valencia and just make, you know, really pull out all the stops, get every Spanish manufacturer there. But basically, they've got to persuade Pamesa that they need to support it. Because if they don't, you know, you're, you're really fighting with one hand tied behind your back. And the from what I can gather, the... Uh, uh, Spanish tile manufacturers have got to find some kind of way of convincing the, the Spanish government, both regional and national, that they need to support the industry, particularly with either encouraging them to save energy or do cogeneration products or whatever it may be, or they're going to have lower gas prices in some way to the sector, because there is nothing you can do in the tile industry without, without being able to file the kilns, and you know, that is what's crippling people at the moment. So I don't know. I mean, I I hope that the energy prices have peaked and in, in 12 months' time, everything will be looking a lot rosier for that sector and they'll all go, yeah, let's have a good show again. Because I think, unlike in a lot of other industries, there's a lot, there's a, there are good sound reasons for having a tile show. This is very different when you can actually pick up the things, talk to the people who make them, see a whole load of different trends together. And it's it's very important, not just for the likes of you and me, but for the whole industry. So let's hope it, it just proves to be an idle threat and that the, the show rediscovers its mojo. Yeah. On a more positive note, mm-hmm. should we look at the trends? We can look at the trends. Because I've got a huge list of mine, but I haven't actually heard what your opinion is. Okay, right. Well, you tell me yours and then I'll tell you what my <laughs> opinion is. Okay. I'll go with the big ones because they're 
some bigger trends and then some little okay, tiny, well tiny big, trends. Say the first one, then I'll tell you what I think about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. The Toontown Terrazzo, which was everywhere. I imported all of the pictures that I yeah. had gathered for that, and there were at least 30 plus. I, I know, yes, and a surprise, my first instinct, oh, didn't expect that and b actually i quite like a lot of it uh, it's fun yeah i mean some of it is absolutely barking and you'd have to be very brave to install it but some of it is actually just quite lively and yeah quite flexible i think and it it depends how which colorways it's in i mean you know some of the inclusions are really out there or very big or but yeah no it, it, it i remember thinking oh that terrazzo has run its course but that was a long time ago and it hasn't it just keeps coming back yeah. Uh, um, so yeah no good one good choice um, then the second one I fell on the name Intergalactica this morning when I was trying to think of a, a way to put it which is kind of the whole mix of a lot of it's well it started off because I was seeing a lot of onyx but colourful and fun but then there was also a lot of water marble effects so I've just kind of gone for everything that is a bit spacey and colourful swirly magical looking there was quite a lot of that and it's quite fun. There absolutely is. And the I think the thing I liked about it was they've taken those kind of, yes, onyx effects, but they're using the, the same blues they're using in the plain wall tiles and some of the decors and the patterns. And you, you can sort of see how you could use them together and create quite a harmonious look. But it, gener- it is generally, it, there are sort of only two kind of colour directions. There's the bright and warm kind of ones, I guess, with a red base. And then there are the cooler, more relaxing ones with the kind of green base, as Kyle was seeing it, or green blue. I've seen um, a lot of purple and then contrasting colours, so pinks and blues together, or just bright colours kind of streaked through it or swirled around. Like I mentioned, the song Podesa 95, the ones that were on the floor, the purple and blue and yellow ones. I think they're the, maybe the best. I think they may, might just be my favourite characterization of the integration galactica trend yeah um but just bold colors just kind of swirling around and doing their thing i think we'd have probably seen even more of that if the rest of the factories had been there because it i think that's the kind of trend that's come from large format mm. um yeah uh, and so you, it's even and you and it's because we didn't really have the there were there were some of the wallpaper effects but there just weren't the factories there that do the mega slabs or enough of them so you, you didn't get that that you got at Chairside, but you still saw the... There's know, still a lot. One of, one of my bigger trends is the wallpaper, just the murals, creating murals on the tiles. I mean, they don't have to be enormous tiles to give that, that effect. No, in uh, fact, quite a few of the best ones at this show were using not small tiles, but medium format sort of sizes. Yeah, one you could lift up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then lastly, the baby metros, which I think are absolutely adorable. I don't know the dimensions off the top of my head, but just imagine the baby sibling yeah. of a classic metro tile. There were loads of them. I, I don't recall seeing a huge amount of them before, but I thought they were really sweet. I just really liked them. Yeah, I, I take that. I think you've missed one big trend, which was these kind of sculpted wood effect tiles, the particularly sort of curved front slat curved slatted ones the sort of there are quite a few of them around i thought I can only um, think of this is a sort of a soft sauna look or the somewhere between a sauna and a padded cell the effect you got with them <laughs> i'm not a huge fan um and i personally would rather it was a trend that didn't happen but i it's, it's something i think has come from brazil because i remember seeing factories like portobello uh Secresa had those and i hadn't, don't remember seeing much of them in europe where the, the avant-garde wood effects here have been highly polished quite dark or very distressed then to suddenly see something that was 
kind of sculptural art. I do like rubbing your hand over them. They've got a very nice tactile appeal. I just can't think where I'd ever put one. Hmm. Um, they don't seem to want to... I wouldn't want one in my home, but I'm not sure I'd want one in the restaurant or in the shop. Uh, maybe they're going to end up in hotels. Probably. But. I saw um, quite a few tin effect tiles. Like the like the uh, the tin ceiling tiles? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Aparici, case in point, they had that one that was called uh, Gatsby. Beautiful. Very Beautiful sort of metallic effect quite shimmery bit gothic like them a lot yeah and then um, the, but I saw some smaller ones as well there were some um, mixed with kintsugi tiles as well um, uh, I can't remember who did that no that was that was Aparichi again so you were talking kintsugi the Japanese art of mending yeah, so, pottery so yeah. you had the I think it was a greeny blue sea moss colour tile with gold um, obviously veins and then there were also just these 3D yeah I'm pretty sure that range was tiles. called kintsugi yeah. <laughs> just to make it absolutely clear so yeah. yeah, it was like gold stitching yeah. um, into porcelain. Um, I I really like that. I'm not. I think you'd have to be quite brave to use it. But I I can see I can see designers who would just look at that and go, oh wow. And uh, so it's sort of high end clothing boutique or a very fashionable hotel bathroom. I could see using that. Um, Nightmare to clean. <laughs> do you think bathroom. so? I don't think it would be. As a former yeah, hotel housekeeper, <laughs> yeah. yes. And I, I've never cleaned a bathroom, <clears throat> so I wouldn't know. But yeah, anything else? I've got loads more, but oh, I, I, I want more. to keep them a secret. Oh, you they're, want to keep our listeners? They're only semi-formed. They're just, every time I would see, you know, three or more of something, yeah. I've got to write it down. Yeah. So they're not fully formed trends. I don't quite know what to call them yet. Just a little family of... A little family of, of similar designs. <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Um, let's see if I can think of any more. Well, hexagons. Still a hell of a lot of hexagons out there, <laughs> aren't there? Big hexagons, small hexagons, and medium-sized hexagons. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we were mainly seeing hexagonal wall tiles, which is, I don't think, probably where they, they're heading. I think they're heading for the floor. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Um, interesting to see quite a lot of these decorative people making stuff that could be used on the floor or the wall. You know, so at first glance, you think, oh, that's a that's a wall tile. And then you discover, oh, no, we, we've made that one specifically out of porcelain, so you can put it on the floor. It makes it much um, easier to write about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, hexagons and hexagons with border edges on them. So you get the sort of uh, a beehive effect when they're laid. Yeah, I saw um, that quite a lot. Da Vinci have yeah. arranged. Now, Da Vinci, that was that, actually, I thought of all the stands, one of the most impressive. I thought they were, they had a, a whole, I kept, oh, that's, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I thought Da Vinci had, it was a really nice stand. Um, yeah. I didn't mention it earlier on, but yeah, uh, well done them. Apart from the Da Vinci, I think, that have done the tile that I, um, mis- miscrediting to Codicer 95. It's the gamma range from Da Vinci. Okay, so you apologies. heard it first here, the gamma ray from Da Vinci. But yeah, I'm just checking my notes to see how many of their ranges I have jotted down, and there are quite a few. Yeah. Uh, da Vinci also made me think, I don't know why, but do, do artists name, when do artists' names go out of copyright? You know, because it's just a thought. <laughs> are we going to see the, you know, the Hockney a Hockney tile brand or uh, coming around next so whether it would be an Andy Warhol tile there was an Andy Warhol tile where? Um, it was let me see if I can find it it was on a Mariner oh yeah Mariner yes yep. Oh, yeah. They, yep they had a whole what is this basically all of their stands all of their is it a, war, all a of their picture tiles. of Warhol or a picture of Marilyn Monroe no it was soup can. kind of a funky swirling shape with these puffy 3D bits on it and then there was one called Frida. There was Is that Frida Klimt. Carlo, then? Yeah. Oh, right. So, okay. And then they had some composers that I can't think of 
right now an Audi, I think. And okay. yeah. But all yeah. of them were named after people, which is why the, sure. it's funny okay. you mention it. Yeah. No, I was thinking more of actually, you know, the, the company names change. Oh. You know, so you come, you know. Oh, I see. It. But yeah, no. I did, I, I did actually, I did, I did go on the Mariner stand and it actually was quite, yeah, it was quite avant garde, but I, did, I didn't clock all the names. It was it was quite busy on there when I went on there. Uh, oh, we, we got there at a good time. Yeah. There weren't really any, any other people. Because, I mean, there were, there was definitely a difference between where you were in it and how busy it was. The back end of some of the halls were, you know, pretty much deserted, but there were other bits were really rammed. Uh, kind of who you are, I guess. Right. So, well, shall we? Shall we call it a wrap? <laughs> yep. And I can get the rest of these notes in order, and everybody who's on tenterhooks trying to find out what my mini trends are. Yeah. Well, absolutely. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. Um, okay. So that's Joel Simpson saying good night and thanks for listening. <laughs> You've been listening to Tilecast, produced by Diary of a Tile Addict. To ensure you don't miss any future episodes, don't forget to follow us. You can also find show notes and receive updates on news feeds, articles, podcasts and videos direct to your inbox by subscribing to the diaryofatileaddict.com website. Get the inside track at Diary of a Tile Addict.